Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. It is wonderful to be able to gather together and to sing a lot of those hymns and to hear that good news. Uh, And I know some of you weren't able to be here for worship on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day because the weather really didn't cooperate very well this year. But hey, like we said with the kids, we get 12 days, so we get to celebrate a little bit late, but still in the Christmas season. Today is New Year's Day. It's a, a day of new beginnings. It's a day to forget about the past and all of the negative things from the past and to Look forward to the future and all of the possibilities that are in front of you. We're encouraged. Forget all of the bad things that happened in the past year and look forward to the many possibilities that the new year might hold. And yet there are still those nagging sins from the past year that might still bother you. Those things that come to your memory from time to time, ways in which you've sinned against others or they've sinned against you. And as you look forward to the future, there are a whole lot of possibilities. And yet, not all of those possibilities are positive, are are they? As an optimist by nature, I tend to think of the possibilities being positive. But earlier this week, I was reading a sermon by C.F.W. Walther, the, the first president of the LCMS. And he said this, Entering a new year is not like entering a house that may be inspected completely as soon as the door is opened. As a year has days and hours, so it has gates that open to us one by one, every day, every hour. This coming year, therefore, lies dark before us, like the name of a country that we know well, but of which is covered by a heavy fog. As mysterious as the future is, just so fateful will it be. We know in advance that the new year will bring new temptation to sin, along with new joys and new suffering. And I read that and I was like, man, that's a buzzkill, new suffering. Come on, do we really need to focus on that? (laughs) But he's right, isn't he? Yes, new joys, but there also will be new suffering. We don't really know what the new year is going to bring. It might bring a whole lot of wonderful joys, but it, it might bring a whole lot of new suffering because we still live in a fallen world. The sins of the past can easily weigh us down. The uncertainty of the future can be overwhelming. But then into the picture comes Jesus. Jesus comes so that those past sins can be forgiven and so that we can go into the future with confidence, no matter what we face, because we know we do so with him right there by our side and with our future having been secured by him. Jesus comes as Savior. Today in the church year is not observed as New Year's Day. Everybody else celebrates it as New Year's Day, right? Last night, nobody was like, hey, let's have a uh, a get-together for the eve of the circumcision and naming of Jesus. That's going to be celebrated tomorrow, right? No, everybody gets together and they celebrate New Year's Eve, and then today is New Year's Day, and that's fine. 
That's not a problem. But here we are in the church and we're focusing on something entirely different. We're focusing on the one who has the future in his hands. We're focusing on the one who came to set us free from the bondage of the past and to ensure a joyful and glorious future. We're here to focus on Jesus. So then, this festival still sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Right? Here's the day, the first day of the new year, and here we are. And what's the, what's the festival for the church here? The circumcision and naming of Jesus. Now, just even saying that might make some of you feel a little bit uncomfortable because we don't like to talk about things like that. But here it is. So why focus on it? Well, the circumcision of Jesus and the naming of Jesus are things that go hand in hand. And, and partially they go hand in hand because of just the historical context of how things happened. On the eighth day, after an Israelite child was born, a, a baby boy was born, they would be circumcised. This was a sign, a symbol of the, the covenant relationship that God had established with his people. This goes all the way back to Abraham. And it was to mark them as people belonging to the Lord, as people who were in the covenant the Lord had established with his people. And at the same time that that circumcision would take place, the naming of the child would occur as well. We heard about that not that long ago with the naming of John the Baptist. It was on the eighth day that he received his name as well. In John's case, the angel told Zechariah, the baby's father, who, that the baby was supposed to be named John. The name John comes from two Hebrew words, from the divine name, the name by which God revealed himself in the Old Testament, Yahweh, and also the, uh, the, the, the word that uh, Hanan, which means to pardon, to have mercy. So Saint, uh, John's name means something to the effect of Yahweh is merciful. The Lord is merciful. Now, I think it's kind of hilarious that that's John's name and he's the guy out there, you know, brood of vipers and all of that, right? Calling people to repent of their sin. But he's calling them to repent of their sin because the Lord is merciful. So when they turn to the Lord in repentance, the Lord gives them mercy. But what about the name of Jesus? Well, we've covered that before, haven't we? With the kids, we've covered what the name of Jesus means. The name of Jesus comes from true Hebrew words again. First of all, again, the name of God in the Old Testament, Yahweh. And then another word, Yasha, which means to deliver or to save. Yahweh saves. The Lord is salvation. That's what the name of Jesus means. In other words, Here's the God who saves. This is why Gabriel told Mary and the angel in the dream told Joseph, you're going to name this baby Jesus. This child was born to be the Savior. This is the, the same message that the angel brought to the shepherds on Christmas night, right? Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I love this little note that Bo Geritz includes in his commentary on Luke 2 that emphasizes what it means when the angel says, a savior. He writes this. There is an emphasis on the words 
when the angel says, a savior is born to you. Savior means rescuer, a helper in every need. It was a title that had been used among the Greek princes of the Middle East and was taken up by the Caesars in Rome. They wanted to be glorified as saviors of their people. Here came the real savior. (laughs) I love that. Here came the real savior. All of those others were frauds. They wanted you to buy into them, to trust in them, but they couldn't deliver. Here comes the real savior who can. The God who came to save, to help in every need, begins his work when he's only eight days old. By being circumcised, he's keeping the law of God. And that's important. Because it is because he perfectly keeps the law of God in every single way. It is because of his perfection that then when he gives his life upon the cross, it is the offering of a perfect sacrifice. And then he gives that perfection to us. And when he's circumcised at eight days old, the first blood is shed. This points us forward to the cross and to the shedding of blood that Jesus would do so that our sins could be forgiven. Yahweh saves. Jesus is the beginning, beginning of the work he had come to do. And as this occurs, the name of Jesus given by the angel is also given, is finally bestowed upon him. Right, So he's eight days old, and now he's given that name. And then he lives up to it. This Jesus is the one who forgives your sins. This Jesus is the one who controls the future. This Jesus is the one who ensures our eternity. Jesus lives up to his name. And now this name Jesus has, placed, has had placed upon him, he places upon you. These, uh, those Hebrew babies that were circumcised at eight days old as a symbol of the covenant were received into that covenant relationship by the Lord. But we know that that circumcision was really just pointing forward to something even better. It was pointing forward to the great gift of baptism. That's what Colossians tells us. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul writes this. In him... You were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. By canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. This Jesus who came as Savior still comes as Savior, doesn't he? The one who was circumcised for our sake and shed his blood on our behalf, fulfilling the Old Testament law, brings us into this new covenant of grace. In baptism, we are washed with the blood of Jesus and our sins are forgiven and the divine name is placed upon us. Our sins in the past, they're all forgiven. Our future, 
It's made certain. So we enter the new year. As we enter this new year, the best thing we can do is just keep going back to Jesus. To keep remembering our baptism. When we remember our baptisms, we remember what Jesus has done for us. When we remember our baptisms by confessing our sins to Jesus, we know that our sins are forgiven in full. When we remember our baptisms by remembering that he has ransomed us, he has paid the price for our sins, we remember that our sins have been paid in full. Our forgiveness has been bought with the blood of Jesus. When we remember our baptism, we remember Jesus perfectly kept the law of God. And even though we can't, he says, I've done it, and I give you full credit. You get 100%. You get an A. You have a perfect score. We remember our baptisms when we remember that Jesus died and is risen and he reigns forever. And our future is sure and certain because of him. So friends in Christ, this day, the first day of this new year, know that your sins are forgiven. Know that while the future in this life might be filled with uncertainty for us, Jesus has it under control. And because of Jesus, your eternity is absolutely certain. The Lord saves. Jesus is salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.